Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Get a gun. Hello and welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 120 for August 21st, 2015. I am one of your hosts, Trevor. And I'm another one of your hosts, Owen. No, you're not. Wait, no. Who else? Owen is, Owen I'm is Matthew. on assignment. I'm Matthew. You're Matthew and yeah. Owen is on assignment. I got confused. It happens. These, it happens. Yeah. At least I didn't so, think I was you again. Uh, there you go. That was weird. As I, I woke up with sweats, I was like, oh, 1911s are awesome. Wait, no, 2011s. Ah. And I was like, nope, Glock, I'm good. Yeah, let's, let's, let's revisit that for a second, shall we? <laughs> so, I, I, you know, when speaking to my wife about firearms, I refer to my firearm, my Ipsic competition pistol, as a 2011. Correct, which it so, is sort of. I, after SummerSlam, told her I bought a new gun. She said, what kind? I said, I bought another 2011. Perfect. All right. She accepted this. We moved on. Last week, I'm on vacation, and I'm driving to beautiful Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, and decide to flip on Slamfire Radio for the drive. We're a couple of minutes into the show when you, my dear friend Matthew, announced to the world <laughs> and my wife that I bought a 1911. <laughs> my wife doesn't understand that some people believe they're the same gun and looks at me and goes what you bought another gun no no sweetheart i bought he's talking about the gun that i bought at SummerSlam. no that was a 2011 he said you bought a 1911 what the hell is a 1911 so this yeah 10 minutes matthew thank you for that that went over well i'm glad i could help anytime i can get you in trouble with the wife is a good day for me but that's not helping that's the opposite of helping oh yeah. Dang it, I got that backwards again. You did, yeah, right under the bus. Yeah, my so bad. That's how my vacation started, fighting with my wife over 1911 <laughs> versus 2011. <laughs> that sounds well, like a good show, actually. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, 100% more for a lot, 100% less Owen. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Yeah, so next week uh, he'll be back and I'll be gone again. Sure, we'll where are you going next gone. week? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll be gone next week. You guys can edit the show for a change. Nope. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. I haven't edited a show since Action Shooting Radio, and I've very quickly forgot how to do it. So. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I understand. I don't. But anyway. Well, let's um, let's jump in then. What did you uh, What did you do this week in guns, man? Ah. Uh, oh man, what a week! I didn't do anything. What did you do this week in chopping firewood? I did a lot of chopping firewood. <laughs> that was a thing. Boring. Boring. Let's. You're, <laughs> you're boring, boring me. Um. Let me think. Uh. I did. I. I don't. I didn't do a thing with guns. I. I apologize to the listeners. I dropped the ball. Yeah, I didn't even take the twenty-two out. Nothing. Oh well. I mean, my truck exploded. So that's a thing. That's. And that kind of tied up a lot of my week. So I was busy trying to get rid of a truck and buy a new truck. So there was that. But um, so yeah, we're not going to listen. It was bad enough that we had fifteen minutes of airplane talk last week. We're not going to hear both. (laughs) Let's talk trucks. Nope. Welcome to Four by Four Radio. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you at least doing something ridiculous when you blew it up? 
driving down the road at a reasonable rate of speed. Unfortunately, so it's kind of it like a calf muscle. It was. It was. It was like yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like a calf muscle. Sometimes they just blow out on you. This, you, know? And, and you know, unavoidable, really. Yeah, I so. know, right? <laughs> so. At least mine didn't hurt physically. It hurt yeah. financially, but not physically. So that yeah. there's that. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> so anyway, let's let's um quickly move on uh, away from me, and not to say you need to hurry up or anything, but let's get off of me and onto you, and that's. Oh. Poor choice of words. So that is what I'm trying to dig myself out of here. This hole. If you want to dig saying, yourself out, stop talking. Just <laughs> Trevor, what did you do with guns this week <laughs> and well, the week before? Yeah, well, I was talking to Owen today, and it's been literally four weeks since I was on a whole show. Wow! But uh, such is my life in the summer. I don't expect next year to be any better. Um, but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about SummerSlam. Um, and again, thank you so much for coming out and helping me. It was amazing. Like, I don't know how I got done all the stuff I got done last year without you here helping me. Uh, yeah, you were just a huge asset to have around for that little extra double checking, doing some gopher work and then running probably the most complicated stage in the whole match. That was your baby and you kept that sucker afloat. And, uh, and I think. Part of the reason why there was only one DQ on that stage was, you know, your your squad briefing, pointing out where things could go wrong, and and without you there for uh, that little extra added bonus of, uh, you know, um, oh, what am I looking? You know, you just you just having you there to to run the stage and ex- and communicate with the other CROs and ROs. Uh, definitely contributed to making that stage one of the most successful ones of the match. So not only did you help with paperwork, you helped run probably the most complicated stage. So huge thanks, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. I really enjoyed my time there, and uh, I look forward to helping you again next year. Awesome. Well, next year is going to be – I'll talk really briefly about that. The Canadian Nationals are scheduled to be in Halifax next year. And what I'm planning on doing is having the SummerSlam end – essentially just in time to hit the road for the Nationals. Nationals always starts on a Wednesday, so you'll come to Dalhousie on Friday night, go to the welcome reception, shoot Saturday and Sunday, and hit the road for Halifax and start shooting Nationals on Wednesday. That should give the folks traveling from Ontario, Quebec, and who knows, maybe even further away, some people might fly in from Alberta to this region, rent a car, shoot our match, and then go shoot the Ontario match or the uh, Nationals yep. in Halifax. So it should be excellent. Um, not to mention next year is the 10th anniversary. So I'm planning on going bigger. Um, we normally do 16 stages. I'm definitely going to do at least 18. And if I can go with uh, one more squad and really make it, uh, make it a big match. This year's match was my first as a match director solo on my own. Last year I inherited the match kind of halfway through. I had been doing all the administrative work before the match director left town to, to move to Alberta. Um, but then, like, I hadn't designed the stages. Right, yeah. This year... You did it. everything. Yeah, I did I did everything as far as administrative work and designing stages. And then uh, as far as building, no, <laughs> I didn't do everything. <laughs> I had, you know, that wonderful team of volunteers at the Rescue Gun Club yep. definitely stepped up as always and, and helped me build all of the all of the wonderful stages. I said it 
before and I'll say it again, you know, I have few tools and even fewer skills when it comes to using those tools, designing a stage on paper and then figuring out how you're going to build something and make something work and put a new floor in a boat and put a, a dock next to a boat and essentially building a patio. That's well beyond my carpentry skill set. So without those guys, the my well laid plans would not have worked. So it's a team effort, no question. Um, from uh, the guy swinging the hammer to, you know, the range master, Chris Kingston, who's been doing this for 30 years, who guides me and mentors me and helps keep me calm. <laughs> uh, yep. Kev- Kevin, who reminds me to eat a Snickers every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I'm venting uh, about what we're doing or venting to a boat, it doesn't matter. He doesn't want any venting. Got to keep yep. it light. Got to keep it positive. <laughs> so uh, anyway, it was a good time. Um, and... I'd say my best match ever. We talked about um, how I did well at the Southern New Brunswick 250, and I was afraid that maybe I had peaked too early in, in the season. Yep. And you were like, no, no, you know, you got lots of time to peak again, and, and sure did I ever. Um, there were 36 competitors in my division. I finished second. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, 56 in your division, and you finished 11th. Yep. That's also very good. So, so yeah, so that was, that was SummerSlam. Finished second. Really happy with that. And, yeah, I would have uh, been too. That's that's, that's an amazing uh, performance. That's the highest you finished in SummerSlam yet, is it not? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I finished fifth in Open last year. No, maybe eighth. Yeah, I got a top ten finish in Open last year, and then the other years before it was like ten or eleven or whatever. So, and uh, while I was uh, working the match, um, I'm a chief range officer, so I run the chronograph stage. So it's a great spot for the chief range officer to be because you get to speak with every competitor in the match and but more importantly you get to shoot every firearm in the match so um, yeah that 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 doesn't appeal to you at all does it no no I'm not a gun lady charlotte <laughs> of the night yeah so you're talking like six and seven thousand dollar um svi guns some svi open guns some svi standard guns or so wait 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 due to the the inclusion of classic division you got to shoot a lot of 1911s no thankfully i did not get shoot a lot of 1911s because classic division requires you to shoot an outdated malfunctioning pos gun (laughs) there were only eight people silly enough to shoot that division (laughs) i only had to shoot eight uh eight standard air eight classic guns (laughs) Well, there's that, I guess. There is that, yeah. yeah <laughs> Did you like want a shower after each time, or? Well, I keep wet, wet wipes, like wet hand wipes, wipes there you go, yeah. at the uh, and hand sanitizer <laughs> right next to the um, the trigger scale weight on the table, so nice. it uh, it helps, yeah. So anyway, um, getting to shoot all of these guns really shows you what's out there and what fits well, what doesn't fit well, what has a nice trigger, what doesn't, what can, like I was, even last year I was taking pictures of guns. Ooh, I really like that magazine release and I might get that for my gun. I'd snap a picture of it or whatever. So <laughs> anyway, great place to be. So um, I've shot, you know, the best guns that our sport has to offer, you know, SVI. They're handmade guns. They take seven months, sometimes as much as two years to get, depending on how busy they are. And they're, they're made one at a time. Yep. STI is probably the next best gun you can get. They're a mass-produced gun. They're not, but they're they're not a hand-fit gun. But they're as close as you can get and still be a production gun, like a mass mass-produced gun in a factory. Yeah. Well, SVI this year decided to step up their line. They came out with a new series of guns called the DVC line. They've got the DVC Open, 
which is obviously an open gun with the right. optic and the compensator, and it looks like something from outer space. Yeah. And then they have the DVC Limited. And Limited is what we in Canada would call standard, which is a double stack 40 or 45 gun. The um, STI guns are kind of unique in that they're modular. The grip frame, the grip itself, comes off from the frame. So you've got the steel slide, steel barrel, steel frame, and then a polymer grip. And you can, SVI does the same thing. It's modular, it comes apart. And you can get custom plastic grips or you can get custom aluminum grips. And um, with the DVC line, they introduced a new grip that is already molded and shaped at the at the factory. Somebody, they're taking their, their standard grip, sending them away, and having grooves cut in the trigger guard and a real nice stippling job done on it. And um, shot these SVI guns. And then this gentleman from Quebec shows up and he's got the new DVC limited gun. So it's the same category as what I shoot. Like it's my guns and Eagle uh, STI makes the edge, which is a very popular 40 caliber standard gun. So it's replacing the edge and, and the executive and all their other guns. Uh, I put this thing in my hands and I fired three rounds over the chronograph, mm-hmm. gave it back to him, hugged him, jumped <laughs> on the four-wheeler and went and found Sean Hansen. Sean Hansen is the owner, he's the president of Ipsit Canada and the owner of Freedom Ventures. Freedom Ventures is the exclusive distributor for STI and Tanfoglio in Canada. So anybody who sells Tanfoglio or STI, they get them from Sean Hansen. Right. So I jumped off of the four-wheeler, forgot to put it in park, and ran at him with my credit card saying, shut up and take my money. <laughs> Ordered one on the spot. Uh, it was so comfortable. I just, the gun feels like a natural extension of my hand. It tracks well. It points well. It's it's awesome. So the guy who, who had this gun and let me shoot it, he said, uh, or let me shoot it, I had to shoot it to chronograph his ammo. Yep. He said, why don't we go over to the X-Metal Targets Bay? Now, X-Metal Targets, for those who don't know, are a company out of Quebec who make amazing AR-500 steel targets. They make plate racks, dueling trees, um, hostage-type targets, amazing stuff. And uh, definitely check them out. They were a major match sponsor. I gave them an entire bay to set up their targets to put on display. And in between stages or when you were done for the day, you could go over there and shoot your gun under the supervision of a range officer on their steel props. It was amazing. What an it was a huge setup. hit. Everybody loved it. It was so nice on the last day when people were done shooting for the day and waiting for stats to post the results. Yep. It gave them something to do other than wait around. That's right. They had this drone. There's a video that I posted <laughs> on Facebook and a couple of different places that X-Metal Targets had a drone on site, and they flew overhead and got aerial shots of the entire gun range. They got video of us shooting their targets. I got into a little contest with um, Etienne Cote, the guy who was responsible for the X-Metal Targets uh, booth, and <laughs> we went at it with the dueling tree. I was making fun. He had an XDM. And I'm like, seriously, dude? You have an XDM? Why would you have an XDM? What are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I? It's a polymer gun with a grip safety? For real? Is this for real? I gave him such a hard time. So he said, all right, big mouth. Put your, <laughs> put your money where, the, where your mouth is and let's stand on the line and go after that dueling tree. So we went one for one and then we just walked away. We were happy with the draw. <laughs> anyway, we got a video of that. Um, so I went over there with this guy's DVC limited gun. And man, I had a hard time to hit anything with it, uh, but it still felt good, still comfortable. I talked to Sean later, and he's like, "You know, if 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 the what do you really really like about that gun? I said, it's the grip. I love the grip." So he said, instead of putting 
uh, those aluminum grips on your gun because SDI makes an aluminum grip and I keep cracking them or they, they keep cracking. It's a, it's a poorly designed, it's a poor design. It's got a manufactured, manufactured defect right in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, the most recent one that I put on the gun cracked after only one match and they're warranted for life. So every time you crack them, they send you a new one. So I would say, okay, it's cracked. They'd put one in the mail. I'd swap it out and send the crack one back. So he said, well, I have those DVC grips in stock. I'll give you one of those. And you can put that on your Eagle and stop cracking aluminum grips. So he did that. So I realized that the uh, DVC grip comes with a straight mainspring housing. Mm-hmm. And I always run an arch mainspring housing because I'm a, I'm a Glock fanboy. I love how the Glock fits and the Glock has a has an arched grip, right? And yep. that's one thing that people don't like about the Glock. But it's what I like about the Glock. And so when I run a 2011 whether it's my open gun or my standard gun, or or even if I was to run a 1911, I put an arch mainspring housing in. So the hypothetically, DVC, of course, if you were to run a 1911, exactly right. <laughs> so so he sent me one, and uh, I installed it as soon as I got back from vacation, and uh, I didn't like how it felt. Like I was doing some dry fire draws with the DVC non arched mainspring housing. Yeah, doesn't work. Do, doesn't work. So I I put the uh, red anodized one that was on my eagle to begin with on there, and when my DVC gun arrives, I will replace the mainspring housing on it with an aluminum arched mainspring housing. Uh, my gun has a gas pedal or thumb rest on it. I'm having one mounted on the DVC gun as well. So whether I pick up my eagle or pick up my DVC, they're going to feel the same and fit the same. So. Well, that's going so, to be good. I mean, that means that uh, you have the same muscle memory between your guns and, and everything sort of feels the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like when I was shooting archery, right? I had two, yep. two identical bows, strings and cables, the same color, the sights, the same, the scope's the same. Yep. So when you pick it up, it's you don't worry about what's in your hands. You just worry about making the shot. So That's right. And uh, I also picked up, uh, you were there with me, uh, a ton of reloading equipment. And yes, supplies. I finally got it all. I think sorted. it was a, actually a metric ton, is what it was. I, I it was a so. full metric ton. Well, it was enough reloading supplies that it literally filled the back of your Nissan Pathfinder. Complete. Maybe that is why the transmission blew because we overloaded it. Could be. Could yeah, be. let's blame Chris. <laughs> so primarily, it was a. Uh, I got this stuff because of the shotgun reloading press. There's a mech. Uh, I believe it's a Loadmaster, but. I, I'm not 100% sure it's not sitting in front of me, but I think it's a mech loadmaster. Um, bags and bags of, of hulls and wads and jars of shots, um, just yeah, tumbler, media, uh, all kinds of uh, – there's a, progress, or a uh, Lee turret press. There's another Lee regular just single-stage press. There are um, a lot of things there for casting your own bullets. There's a bunch of different bullet molds. There's a two bullet, 124 grain, nine mil mold. There's a 125 grain, six bullet mold, a couple for um, different weights for 40 or 10 mil, 357 Magnum. There's even something for a musket or a muzzle loader, like one mold that does like a ball and does like a sabo or something. I don't know, like a slug. It's a plain ball. And then, uh, anyway. Some of that stuff will be appearing on CGN soon. <laughs> Some odd and, and the best part, all those trophies you won. Oh, yes. Yeah, there was a box of tennis trophies at the bottom of it all. That was super. <laughs> um, 38 Smith & Wesson dies, 455 Webley dies, and 455 Webley brass. And that's going to go straight to our buddy 10X 
because he uh, he actually has a 455 Webley. So I'm not sure if he has the dies or not, but he'll get the brass. And if he doesn't yep. need the dies, then I'll put the dies on CGN. Uh, some 7mm dies, uh, projectiles and projectiles and projectiles, and a pile of 10mm brass. Like this guy was a 10mm fanatic. There was a box shipped to him from Dylan. I think it's 500 pieces. I need to count it. Factory, Can you count to 500? Well... With some help. Right. I'm just curious. Five uh, Winchester factory 10 millimeter brass. Unfired, fresh, factory fresh 10 mil Winchester brass. That's got to be worth a pretty penny. I'm sure it is. And then all the other couple of thousand pieces. There was a bunch of loaded ammo. I pulled it all. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll repurpose the, uh, the projectiles. They're light. Like he wasn't shooting 180 or 200 grain. He was shooting 165 grain out of his 165 and I think 175 out of his 10 mil. Uh, there's some cast, there's some full metal jacket. There's a box of spear 115 grain uh, jacketed hollow point 9 mil projectiles. Those will make some some nice zippy little little rounds that'll just keep around for fun. Yep. Uh, what else? Um, the uh, X-Mental Targets as a major match sponsor donated to the club or as part of the sponsorship deal a dueling tree. So a dueling tree, for those who don't know, has, um, I believe, eight, six or eight plates. I think it's six. So yeah, three, three and three. So you stand there on the line with a, with a. a no, pack. I think isn't it six per side or is it four per side? No, it's four per side. Oh, okay, it's four. Okay, so it's eight then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So, so there are four plates on your side of the tree, four plates on your competition side of the tree. Yeah. And you decide how many mags you want to go through. So let's say we're gonna each do a mag. So it's a race to knock all of your plates onto the other guy's side. And the person with the least amount of plates left on their side when the 10 rounds are done wins. So that's that's how you duel with the dueling tree. But there's also a bunch of different training. Um, uh, not training, but um, yeah, training. You can use yeah, training or practicing training. or whatever. Yeah. 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 So you can just draw and hit a plate and then hit it back and forth. And you can use it for all kinds of different training purposes other than just planking. You can plank on it if you want and that's fun, but you can also, if you know what you're doing, incorporate it into your, into your, um, into your training. Uh, amazing. Which makes your training that much more fun, which means you're going to train more often. Yes. Cause you're, you're playing and it's moving, right? Yeah. So, um, all of their products are made out of AR 500 and they have some amazing products. They actually have a plate rack that has the plates reversible. They're on top, and you hit them, and you pull the rope, and they stand back up. Or you can remove the plate and hook it underneath the plate rack, and then it's just gravity, and it swings. So you never have to go. You never actually have to pull it back up. You just keep shooting it. Yeah. Yeah. And the plate rack is uh, pretty heavy duty. Like the dueling tree, I I hit it with some 5.56, and I hit it with some 7.62 by 39, and it it took it well. There's one edge hit that took a little chunk out, so we're not going to do that again. But the... um, the the plate rack that would definitely be you know set up at a hundred and uh, and have the plates on the bottom and then hit them with a rifle. It's Air five hundred. It's going to take it. So yep. And other than that, I'm getting ready for this weekend's black badge. Um, uh, John Fitzgerald and Tracy Wilson are actually on their way. They're going to be sleeping in your hometown tonight. Oh, and cool. Then they'll be here by lunchtime tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be a, a cavalcade of stars and celebrities in this black badge. We got Filthy. We got Filthy Squire Fred. We got <laughs> the one and only Gallon. 
Yep. You're going to get some interesting stories from him again, I bet. Yeah, for sure. Um, a friend of the show, Pierre Luke, his brother is going to be in it. Uh, a couple of folks from the Miramichi. So there's, there's eight people. There's nine people registered, but I think only eight are going to make it because we haven't heard back from, from one gentleman. So that's too bad. The guy who built my Garand, he had signed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, well, he had signed up. He said he was interested in taking it, but I never did get any paperwork from him. But so that's too bad. It would have been cool to have him around. So, and, um, man, it's good old fashioned. What did Trevor do in guns, right? What are we at, 25 minutes now? Yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks, and I didn't do anything, so it works out. All right. So finally, I want to talk about the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. So the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights is a new pro-gun organization that is starting up in Canada. Um, it hit Facebook, and everybody's gotten really excited because some of the people involved used to be involved in the NFA, and it's kind of a plan B, if you will. It, yeah. A lot of people think that the lawsuits are going to get drug out forever and not go anywhere. And so rather than try and save the NFA, people have said enough is enough. Let's start a new organization. So that's what happened. But just because an organization appears on Facebook with a Facebook page, people, relax. It doesn't mean that it's 100% ready to roll. People are asking about buying memberships. We're not there yet. We're We're in the process of establishing the the executive establishing the board of directors becoming incorporated getting banking set up um speaking with insurance providers to see who we would go with if in fact we do decide to sell insurance mm-hmm. so we we certainly and I am not authorized to speak on behalf of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights although I am going to be associated with it in one form or another provincial coordinator for New Brunswick officer director I don't know I, I didn't think I was going to be in, but I am going to be in. And what exactly my role will be, I don't know yet. But I'm certainly not speaking officially on behalf. But I am just letting people know that uh, to be patient, that it's a new organization. And there's going to be some hiccups and some growing pains in the beginning until we get things sorted out, find out what our role as an organization will be. People want to join, but they don't even know what they're joining yet. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but what are you joining? Who are yeah. we? Who are we and what are we doing? We don't know that yet. We don't know what we're going to stand for, what we're going to go after, whether we're going to try and have an official lobbyist like the NFA had before. Who knows? But uh, I figure, realistically, it should take a year by the time we get all of our ducks in a row. Well, I mean, and you can't just start an organization overnight. No. You just, you just can't. No. And, and, and the problem, the problem the, the challenge that I see right now is now that the name is out there, People are hungry for it. They want something new. They've, they're a little disillusioned with one group or the other group. So they're ready to jump on board, but we're not ready to take them yet. And the problem, they, you know, they make it disillusioned and think, well, they're not very organized. Yes. Give it time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, what did it roll out too soon? You know, did it go live on, on the internet too soon before we're ready to take memberships and before we, we, we have a, a structured board? I don't know. Um, but it's certainly, it's certainly getting the name out there and it's certainly getting people amped up. And I just hope that we can keep up with the, uh, with the energy and the excitement of the gun community and provide them with a organization. This is my opinion, not speaking on behalf of the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights, but I hope, and I want to be part of an association that is somewhere between NFA No Compromise and CSSAs. We're working in the background for you. Right. 
something I do not believe that the no compromise approach will ever work in Canada. It's locked us out of certain government events and meetings, you know, uh, not invited to the uh, uh, Minister Blaney's public announcement, like specifically told, yeah, CSSA can come, but you can't, right? And that, that part of that is, you know, bridges being burned with people who are pig-headed and, and this all-or-nothing attitude. We are not America, and the NRA won't work here. We're Canada, and we do things a bit more subtly, I guess, maybe. But the members, the membership want something in between. They want, they want the, no, you can't have any more rights. You can't have any more of our rights or our firearms freedoms. That's what we as gun owners want. We want an association that's going to, that's going to do that and stand for that. But we want that association, I believe, to work with the government in a positive, proactive way to prevent them from taking anything away from us. Yeah, you don't, you just, you, you can do that. You can say, you know, no more. You're not taking any more of our rights, but you can do that politely and tactfully. You don't have to be, you know, in your face about it. Yeah, because you know what? All or nothing, you end up with nothing. Yeah, and most of the time, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah, just yeah. ask the RNBRA. They had an all or nothing ultimatum for us recently at the Rescue Gun Club, and they ended up with nothing. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it happens. All or nothing doesn't doesn't usually work in this country or, or any other country. Um, there has to be a middle ground. So, Yep. So that's a little update on that. Um, more to come. Stand by. Rod Giltaka is the president. And other than that, I can't tell you about any of the other directors and whether or not directors will, will hold executive positions or whether or not we'll have executive positions, an executive and a board. Uh, it, you know, depends on how we decide which, which, which model, which structure we decide to adopt for the organization. So, yep. Ready for some upcoming events? Let's do it. All right. Carbine Vitals 2. Or are we saying carbine? No. Car- carbine. That's carbine. the correct way to say it. Although our instructor will be American, so in deference to him, while he's here, I'll mm-hmm. call it a carbine, just so he feels comfortable. Okay. So every time I look at the word <laughs> carbine, I need to think combine. It's combine. Pronounced. I mean, that's, that, that makes like sense combine. to me. Pine yeah. tree. I mean, I-N-E says ein. I'm ein. Sh- All right. So carbine, Vitals 2 Clinic, September 5th and 6th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there are still spaces available uh, to sign up. Uh, email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com, and we'll tell you how. And by tell you how, we'll provide you with Thunderbird Tactical's telephone number. Yep. And you'll call them and uh, say, here's my credit card number. Sign me up for the Carbine Clinic in Canada, eh? That's right. It really is quite easy. It's just a matter of uh, you know getting a hold of Thunderbird Tactical. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Yep. So um, I, now I'm. <laughs> Daniel said, "Talk to this guy." I'm not there. Daniel was on the road, so I talked to the guy, and he could not handle my Canadian accent. Oh, I, really? Oh, dude! Everything I said, I had to repeat like three times. That's hilarious. I mean, yeah. it's not like we really have an accent. No, but I, well, for guys down south, we probably do. I suppose. And, and let's face it, I'm a mumbler. So I tried to mumbler, <laughs> mumbler. I tried to speak clearly and concisely and articulate and all that good. No, wasn't having it. So then I started to say a a lot because I knew what was happening. So just to mess with them, that's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about some big news. We put yeah. on a contest. Yeah. Uh, with poor undefined rules. Yeah, terrible rules. And poor uh, listener um, participation. Uh-huh. But in all fairness, we did say 
if don't, you can't, don't participate. Don't participate. You can play. If you, yeah, that's yeah. right. Unless you can actually show up if you win. Um, don't don't don't, don't enter because you might win and then you'll be sad when you yeah. can't come. Exactly. So let's start with an honorable mention. Sure. And that, and that goes to Don Roy. So Don Roy is a Ipsic shooting buddy of uh, James Bork. He had and, my vote. I mean, he took a selfie with me. Yeah. I mean, uh, how cool is that? Well, I didn't think it was cool. But Shut up for a lot. Free, lucky for you and Don, we weren't judging. Yes, we that's recruited, true. We recruited three judges who were supposed to rename, rename, remain rename, rename Mameless. Yeah, so let's 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 recap. First, Owen doesn't articulate, doesn't communicate the rules to the to the contest. Right. Then you show up and pretty much tell the world who our judges are, who we're supposed to remain anonymous. Who did I? What? what when did I? I didn't say anything. Go back and listen. You all but outed them. Really? Yes. I, oh, my Face bad. Facepalm. I'm driving down the 102 in Nova Scotia. Facepalm. Oh, way to go, Matthew. Did I say their names? <laughs> you did not. Well then. I, I said you all but outed them. But so I didn't. You did not. Is what you're saying. I am. Just so we're cut and dry here. And Owen all but got the rules right. You're right. He did not get them right at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you, Don. Uh, now, I liked Don's not because you were in them, but because they were at SummerSlam. Right. So. Yeah. So Don, Don gets the honorable mention. Uh, and that leaves us with our only other two entrances. Uh, one was my personal favorite, and the other one was my least favorite of all. Absolutely least one favorite. In, one involved a man in a uniform rocking a little French mustache next to a tank. And oddly right. enough, that's the one that you liked. Yes, and the yes. other one involved a man wearing a skirt with his legs open. That was terrible. That was terrible. Yes. And that was the photo that our panel of female judges chose. They yep. thought, of all the photos that Brian Bolivar took, they took the one with his legs spread in a dress. Well, it, to be fair, it wasn't all female board. Or it panel. wasn't so all female. There, there's that. And apparently, they checked to make sure that the twigs and berries weren't showing. Well, and thankfully, they uh, weren't. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So otherwise, we have to take down. So, so Frederick Lapierre uh, and Brian Bolivar are the winners of the uh, photo contest. And the real thanks needs to go to, and you guys thanked them last week, but we can't thank them enough. Andy Shan and Stephen Casey. Yeah. Stand up, guys. Just Steph. amazing. Hey, take my money. I can't yeah. come, but take I can't my come, money. but you can have my money. Yes. Basically, I can't come, but Brian Bolivar and Fred Lapierre can have my money. Yeah, is what happened so, there. So Fred, Fred and and Bolivar pack up, boys. It's time to hit the road. And let uh, Stephen and uh, Andy know how appreciative yep. you are, please. Yeah, it would be amazing if you guys could send them a nice little uh, thank you email or something. Yep, or four hundred bucks, or four hundred bucks. You know, one of the. I'm <laughs> so and uh, and a shout out to James Bork, just cause. Oh yeah, because here's the thing: we, he's in one of the selfies. He is in one of the selfies, and I was telling them about the competition at your house right before SummerSlam. James is like, uh, "I just paid for that." I'm like, "Oh." Don's like, "I didn't." I'm like, "Well then, you have a chance." He didn't win, but whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, and also I think he was like um, he uh, he didn't know how much it was until he called, and they were like, "Yeah, that'll be four hundred dollars U.S., please." He was like, "What?" Yeah, he he was a little taken aback by that, but I mean, to his credit, he forked it out. And Don did say that he was coming, whether he won or not. Oh, he did. So I'm really hoping that he stands stands by that, and not to call him out or anything. But Don, let's go, Brian. Let's go. Come Time on. to pay. Time to pay. You got to be there because. 
And reasons. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and and keep James and Don here at the house with us. Yeah. Um, Bolivar will probably he's going to be in Ottawa for some service rifle thingy, and I think he'll roll from Ottawa, so he'll get in like after midnight the night, like the Friday night. Yeah. So he can just crawl onto the couch or put his <laughs> cot in the basement or whatever, and yep, that'll leave. Uh, some room in the in the house for the rest of the boys. We'll try. We'll find a spot for everybody. I mean, oh yeah. And have you seen Don's truck? I mean, uh, James's truck rather. James James could sleep in the front of the truck, and there's more room in the cab than all of my car. So, <laughs> yeah. So lovely. All right, let's move on. He actually raced a Porsche on the way to. I heard a story about that, and there were people who were white knuckled and whatnot. Something like that. I don't know. Amateurs. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried. <laughs> it, it's like that big, it's a huge Chevrolet or GMC, like 3,500. Like the tires are taller than my wife. I, I had to move the truck on the range at SummerSlam because where it was parked was a potential for a ricochet if somebody launched around over the barum. Right. So, uh, yeah, I moved it. When I was turning, like the wheels actually rub on the fenders when you turn. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so the Woodstock pistol and rifle raffle, 10 bucks, guys. Throw them 10 bucks, win money, help them move, uh, expand the range. I mean, come on. Send an EM, uh, an email to WP, like Peter, RC2005 at gmail.com. That's WPRC2005 at gmail.com. And, uh, send them some cash, join the raffle possibly win some money and uh, help them expand their range so they can do more action shooting because who doesn't like some action shooting? Yeah, no kidding. Action shooting is awesome. Yeah. The next one is um, SummerSlam or Slamfire Radio Black Badge. And it's not because I'm the only guy doing it. So it's a rest of good gun club. You might be here. (laughs) You might not be here. And registration for that is closed. So whatever. Yeah. The next one is the multi-gun. That will be September 19th at the Rescue Gun Club. So maybe you missed SummerSlam. Well, you get to shoot some of the best stages from SummerSlam with three guns. Picture this. Remember the space shuttle? I remember the space shuttle. So, all right. You go in. Your shotgun will be where the plates are in the cockpit, right? Yep. Your, your rifle will be up on the spacewalk landing, and your pistol will be in your holster. Right. So you'll start same position. Come in. Draw your hold, Draw your... Uh, your pistol shoot the uh, the aliens through the ports in the um, the docking bay, right? Be- because aliens, with, because yeah. aliens, yeah. Be- well, you know, with the space shuttle docks with the International Space Station. Yes. yes. Well, we've got the docking bay built on the side of the shuttle, right? So you blast those aliens in the face with your blaster, and then you dump your pistol in a in a box right there. Run up the stairs to the spacewalk dock you go with your spacewalk with the cord stuff. Right, Grab yeah, your yeah. rifle, stick your rifle through the roof of the shuttle, and shoot the aliens in the face that are downrange with your rifle. Put your rifle back in the barrel, run down the stairs, go into the cockpit, and then go prone. With your shotgun. With the shotgun, and shoot at eight plates, which are actually uh, alien eggs, like from the movie Alien. Remember, she's laying the eggs. I, I remember eggs. that. They're on the runway, and you can't take off till you clear the runway, right? Right. you got to so, take out those eggs. Wait, yeah. I thought we were in space. No, man. I'm saying the, the the dock the dock for the space station is there, but it's not docked at the space. Oh, station. Oh, it's not actually docked. Okay, no. I was just I was I was confused there for a minute. No, it's it's on the runway. Oh, okay, we're on the run. Where did it take off? Yeah, fasten you your seatbelt after we shoot these alien eggs. eggs. Yeah. So yeah. you're gonna lo- lay prone with a shotgun and uh, shoot steel plates. So who shoots prone with a shotgun? Not this I guy. do. 
Well, good for you. I, I so, made that up. I may not. Yeah. And then so, so you know, some of the uh, the the boat, right? Yep. Uh, we'll probably turn those really long pistol shots into rifle shots. Good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah that was a yeah. bit of a, a stretch. Yeah. So the SummerSlam was described as challenging, well balanced. You know, put the three back in level three. Yeah. There's one. There's one guy. He used to listen. I don't know if he still does. And um, you might want to get the bleep machine going. Oh, the, you're going. You're going to actually quote I, him I'll verbatim. I'll bleep myself. I'll self. I'll self bleep. You'll self bleep. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about the boat stage on the show before and how challenging it was and how far the shots were on the yeah. steel plates through yep. the through the, uh, the cabin of the boat, right? So I get called to the boat stage as um, match director to do a calibration on a popper. I get off the four-wheeler, and this gentleman <laughs> this gentleman <laughs> is standing there, and he looks at me. He takes one – this is a true story. He's livid. He looks right at me and says, you, F you. This is effing stupid. <laughs> there are stages at the world shoots that aren't this hard. This is effing <laughs> stupid. I hate you. <laughs> and I just was like, uh, oh, you're welcome. Huh. <laughs> that's a true story. Yep. Um, I, that, that's verbatim what was said to me. You. F you. <laughs> this is effing stupid. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> um, but if I had to do that stage over again, you know what I would do? Is You'd make the shots further? No, oh. but I would have put less of the further shots out there instead of four flippers. Maybe just two of them. Two, that's right. Because yeah. what happens was if you bombed those targets, you zeroed the whole stage. Yeah. And this is me as a, as a, a rookie match director learning, right? That's yeah. live and learn stuff. You could still do that, but do less of it. So if the guy screws up that one section, he doesn't. He won't zero, the, zero stage. the stage. He yeah. may not only get half his points or whatever, yeah. but he's not going to come in dead last. Uh, but yeah, that was the stage that a lot of people zeroed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. for sure. So, um, all right, let's move on to some news. Do we have anything other than? Oh, well, okay. There's one thing. Okay. Remember the um, the home invasion that we talked about in Bob Cajun a couple of weeks ago? Yes. Uh, we were covering the story about the security guard um, in McDonald's who shot, yep. killed two guys, and there were no charges, and I brought up the one about Bob Cajun. Yep. So young businessman, uh, family, uh, you know, husband, there's a wife and, and, and a couple of kids at home, and somebody broke in armed, and he got his own firearm and successfully defended his life and the lives of his family, and the home invader was shot and killed. Right, he was deed. He he died from it. Yeah, it he, was. He, it was. Was it lethal? It was totally lethal. <laughs> I mean, no, if the gun dudes aren't going to be around to make these funny jokes, somebody's got to. We stole their jokes when they were around. Why should we? Stop? Why would we no. stop? Exactly. No. So yeah, he died from his. He, he was. He died from his fatal wounds. They were death. lethal. Yeah, he was ventilated and you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, like Clint Eastwood said, in Dirty Harry, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of shooting as long as the right people get shot. That's Hey, look, sometimes people need to be shot. And this was one of those times, and thankfully... The, the, the right person survived. Yeah, and there were no charges. And that's the best part of all. Right. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> we talk about warning shots and how bad they are, right? Ian Thompson fired warning shots... And was put through the ringer. Yep. The guy in McDonald's defended himself and killed the attackers. This guy defended himself and killed the attacker. No charges. Any That's case. right. So let that be a lesson to you, McClatchy. No warning shots. Wait, no that's me. Shot. If the gun needs to be fired, it needs to be fired to stop a threat. That's not, well. That's a, and you know what? That you know, I've always stood by that. Yeah. So 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 yeah. So no charges in the Bob Cage case, and um, 
the only other news we could report for those who don't know is um, the uh, Bill C-42, certain aspects of it will take effect on September 2nd. So you will no longer need ATTs. And um, what was the other thing that takes, it takes uh, 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 the R The POLs turn into PALs. Uh, what's the other thing? Um, that won't happen overnight. They'll, they'll no, start no. Uh, the no more challenges for the exam or for the test. You have to actually take the course now. Was there was there something else that was happening that uh, day? No, the big one on that day is is the no no ATTs. Yeah. However, you will still need an ATT uh, to travel outside of province. So, like people coming to the Three Gun from Ontario, uh, people coming to the Shaw Clinic from Ontario, uh, Three Gun from Quebec, you're going to need ATT for out of province travel. Speaking of ATTs, I, and th- th- there's a thing I don't get: why? What's the difference between an ATT? to your own range or an ATT out of province. Like it's not like we're the states where every province is its own entity. That's right. That's right. Because we're federal across the board, it should not matter. No. And that should be the next thing we fight for. We we shouldn't need ATTs, period. Period. Yep. Uh, You're still only allowed to take it where you're allowed to take it. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you're caught taking it where you're not supposed to, then appropriate Then charges. Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. I mean, uh, we, that, that's the way the law is now. I'd like to see that law change where you can take your restrictors wherever you can take your non-restrictors. But that's, you know, that's another yeah, fight. That's right. So, so I just didn't want people to get the idea that we were okay with the fact that restricteds were restricted in travel. We're not. It's just that no. if that's the law, we abide by it. That's right. Follow yeah. all rules until they're not rules anymore. That's you can't right. change a law by breaking it. That's right. Um, so speaking of ATTs, the... Rescuish Gun Club gave away five firearms, and Canadian Shooting Sports Association donated one, and uh, NEA, Northeastern Arms, donated one. So all these firearms, except for the CSSA gun, were um, transferred to me. They were in my name. They were stored here, like all my other firearms, until they were drawn as prizes with certificates on the prize table. Yeah, thanks so for I, drawing my name, by the way. You're quite welcome. That's I didn't fantastic. I draw my own name. So yeah. anyway... <laughs> I've had to call the Canadian Firearms Centre just to transfer these firearms to the winners. Either I'm getting a whole bunch of rookies or they've been told to step up their game. I've not experienced the type of phone calls that I'm experiencing on these transfers in my five years as a restricted firearms owner. Like in what sense? Like in the sense that they are asking, there's like every single solitary question they are asking. Yeah, they, uh, they are incredibly by the book. Um, really, like as if they're uh, reading off of a script. They don't seem comfortable, relaxed, like they do this day in and day out, like they mm-hmm. used to. And it's really so. I'm wondering if anybody else who transfers as many guns as I do on a regular basis has noticed recently that things seem a little bit different. I wonder if they just had a bunch of new hires. I mean, it could be that. Could be some turnaround. But you know what? They just got slapped in the, oh, that's the other thing that we could report on. Uh, the CZ858 and these Swiss arms are now 100% back to where they were. That's if right. Yep. If the one you had was non-restricted before, it's non-restricted again. Congratulations. Yep. So I wonder because of that, if it's some kind of pushback. Yeah, maybe. You know, uh, this is one thing we control and we are going to make sure that it's done, you know. And then we still hear stories that so-and-so didn't have his references called. When he when he got his uh, RPAL, yeah. I listed the three people and checked, and they never called them. But anyway, yeah, uh, just just a little observation of mine. I've transferred f- 
five guns recently, and it, every phone call was very different. And and one of the um, sticking points. Um, so the guns are upstairs, and I have sitting downstairs, and I'm on the telephone, and I've got the registration certificates in hand. Yep. And so she says, make and model. So on the registration certificate, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it only lists the make. That's right. It doesn't actually say the model. Or the caliber. Yep. So make, model, and caliber. So I'm transferring the uh, 22 Taurus revolver. So she said, make a model, please. I said, make a Taurus. I don't know what the model is. It's not on the registration certificate. So, well, I need that. So I replied, well, if you need that, why is it on the registration certificate? You're asking me to provide you with information that's not on the certificate. Well, I need it or we can't do the transfer. I said, the gun is upstairs in the safe. You're really going to make me go upstairs and take the gun out of storage to tell you what model it is? Yep. Or we can't do the transfer. Seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. And like the, the Tanfoglio stock, stock three limited edition. So, uh, make a model. Tanfoglio stock three. Stock three what? Is it, is stock? I've got more here. So you have it. Why are you asking me for yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Want to make this, sure you have this, the right one. Is this public safety? Here's the serial number. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's, anyway. I mean, that should be all they need is a serial number. It's like when you take your, your registration into the car dealership or the service New Brunswick with your, you know, to register your car. You give them yeah, the VIN the and everything else pops up. They don't ask you. Mm-hmm. Why would they ask you all that stuff? Just to see if they can catch you in a lie or something? It's, it feels that way. Yeah. It really does. Anyway, so listeners, if you've noticed a different tone, when transferring a restricted firearm recently, write in. I'd like to hear about it. So yeah. I'm not just uh, being paranoid and delusional and thinking it's just me. Well, and it, well, you can still be those things, but he wants to know about this, the other stuff too. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Harold today, um, uh, you've exceeded the, uh, the limitations of my medication. <laughs> he was chronographing ammo today, and um, he didn't write down the amount of powder that he was putting in each batch. He, he said, this is uh, the red batch, the blue batch. Um, this is batch three. Wow. <laughs> red, blue, three, C, L, and four. So here's what he did. <laughs> he turned his powder measure knob to one spot and put a red mark. <laughs> he turned his powder measure a little bit more and made He's a red gotta mark. He's got to have a scale. Why isn't he using a scale? Well, he's finding his scale is very inconsistent, and he just got frustrated and said, "The heck with oh. it! I'm going to do this." Okay. So, you know, what we we chronographed it all, and we wrote down the average velocities for three rounds from each batch. Yeah. And uh, it was a uh, a load two was the was it was load two, load three, red batch, or a, it was, there was a red batch and a green batch. I'm like, and one was too hot, and one was too too uh, too one was too fast, and one wasn't fast enough. So I'm like, dude, you need a yellow batch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, wow, off the rails. Let's uh, let's move into our main topic. Sure. Why don't we? All right then. So we've decided um, that we would talk about the um, black non-restricted firearms in Canada. Yeah, sort of, sort of as a. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a nod to the CZ858 and the Swiss Arms coming off of the off the chopping block. Let's let's talk about all the the non-restricted quote unquote black guns. And you know what we mean when we say black guns, but what we really mean is modern sporting rifles. Um, the the other side likes to put words in our mouth, call them assault rifles, and and they 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 say words to try to make them scary and stuff. We're gonna call them black guns. You know what we mean though. They're 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 just the the ones that are that are cool looking. Um, you guys know. We just want to make sure that you guys know that we're not uh, we're not pandering to the the other side there at all. 
Okay. Um, you good? I'm good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so non-restricted black rifles, what you just said. Yeah. Um, I just uh, hey, hey, hey. I know. You want to be clear. Hey. Clear and concise. Car- and carry that on. Was, that carry was on. That was <laughs> huh. Let's start with... You haven't been hung up on yet, have you? Uh, actually, twice. Um, both times by Bolivar. No, oh. once. Yeah, once. But we so. need to get Bolivar on this show. No, we don't. Well, he could hang up on you now. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suggested that Kowalski kick him off the show and take me on, so he immediately called. Oh, well, yes, that would be a reason. And that phone call ended in him hanging up on me. All right, <laughs> let's start with um, one of my favorite... Um, Manufacturers, Keltec. Oh yes, this is top of the line. Wait, what? <laughs> really? No. Well, no. Well, there are three here. Um, they're black. They're non-restricted. They have pistol grips. Yep. And they're all semi-automatic. Yep. So they're all, you know, potentially cool. They sure. are cool firearms, but uh, in Canada, we're overpaying for them. That's, That's the thing. And all along, if we were paying half the price for them, these would be guns that I would have all of them probably because they are really neat. It's just that. For the money you pay, you're not getting the quality you deserve, basically. No. Now, I've always said that the RFB feels like a Keltec that Keltec didn't make. Right. Right. Well, we didn't um, even get to the RFB yet. Let's start with the, the most start. common Keltec there, which is the SU-16, I think. Right. So it's it's um, non-restricted. It has a cool folding stock, so you pull a pin, and the stock that comes on it is traditional. It looks like the kind of stock. The the ergonomics is like that of any hunting rifle. Yep. It does not have a pistol grip, actually, unless you put on the aftermarket Keltec pistol grip, which is like 350 bucks. It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, and when the pistol grip is on, you can't fold it in two like you can with the... Um, yeah, you can, you can fold it partway, but not yeah. all the way, because the pistol so, grip gets in the way. It but, folds all the way up and, and latches onto the barrel, and yep. you can throw it in a backpack. It also has a fore-end that opens up to be a bipod. Which is and, probably not going to be all that sturdy. Not at all, no. <laughs> but uh, And the other cool feature, the factory stock, will hold two magazines. Yeah. And it comes with two plastic 10-round magazines, which are pinned by uh, probably um, Wolverine, who, who's the Canadian distributor for Caltech? Somebody out in BC, it doesn't matter. Wanstalls. No? Wanstalls? Yeah, no, I think Wanstalls it's Wanstalls. is on... Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it's them. Yeah. So but anyway. look, it, it, it's got... The, the My favorite feature with the SU-16, well, two of them, my two favorite features is one, it takes AR mags, and two, it folds in half. I like that. I, I wouldn't get the pistol grip version of it if it was... If, it, if I was going to pick one up, I'd get the regular factory version because it folds in half. Toss it in your truck, toss it in your backpack, toss it on your four-wheeler... It doesn't take up very much space. It's a two to three, you know, yeah. takes AR yeah. mags. It, it's cool. It's, it's neat. It just, it just even costs too much. Even though it's a two, two, three, I believe with the factory iron sights that it comes with, it's only suitable to 50 meters. It, that is the thing about it. Eh? We had a heck of a time trying to get any sort of accuracy out of yours. Yeah. Accuracy was bad. Um, we scoped it um, and that helped. Got a red dot on there and that helped. It was a running if for for running and gunning and using in, in little local three gun competitions. Um, sure, if you're not if you're not shooting past uh, fifty, mm-hmm. uh, it's fine. With the iron, the factory iron sights that it came with, we couldn't zero it at fifty. We couldn't get the uh, the That's front right. sight down far enough. That's right. Yeah, I was shooting way too high. Uh, no, I believe it was shooting low. It was way too low. Yeah, it was too okay. low. And um, anyway, it's 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 clamshell plastic receiver so 
it's like it's put together basically like a water gun or a Nerf gun. Two yep. molded pieces of plastic screwed with a bunch together. of yeah, screwed yeah. together with a bunch of pins and springs inside. Um, it's uh, piston driven, not direct impingement gas. Mm-hmm. So that's a plus. Kind of neat. Yeah, for some people. Yeah, uh, it was reliable. I had one malfunction the entire time I had it. And it was like a failure to eject or something. <laughs> But um, it, it is what it is, and unfortunately for what it is, it's overpriced. Yeah. And you know, if, like I said, if it was half the price, I would have one in my truck. Yeah. But it's not, so I don't. No. So so let's move on to the Sub 2000. Yeah, and that's a neat little gun, too. It also folds in half. I, I sense a trend here with Caltech. They like their guns that fold in half. Yeah, they do. Um, and this one is a pistol carbine. I'm not sure. Did you just say that? I didn't, know. Okay, I'm I'm busy texting Luke Saru. So. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I, I, I want to tell a funny story about the uh, Sub 2000. There was sure. a, a robbery, I believe it was in Toronto, uh, quite a few years ago when the, the Sub 2000 came out in Canada, fairly new anyway. And there was a robbery where somebody had was using it, and the video, or, or, or still from the video, showed them with a Sub 2000 folded in half, pointed at the clerk. So they, <laughs> they couldn't figure out how to unfold it, and so they nice. tried to rob the place with the gun folded in half. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, it, it's neat because you can pick the type of magazine, right? It can either be Beretta or Glock or Sig. Oh, okay. I, I thought maybe Smith and Wesson was one of those two, but yeah, Glock, Beretta, or Sig. And so Trevor, you had the Glock version. Yeah, I believe. And so I used to put the uh, thirty-three round pin to ten, of course. Yeah, Glock mag in it. That's the only reason why I had those thirty-three round Glock mags because they looked cool. They looked cool in the sub two thousand. Yep. Oh. I enjoyed my sub 2000. Um, we put a lot of rounds down range, McIntyre and myself, through my sub 2000. And I would and say I, it was probably more accurate than the SU 16. No, <laughs> no, no, not it quite. Wasn't. It, it wasn't. was close though. <laughs> well, for a pistol carbine, it was fine. But again, you know, 50 meters. Yeah. Um, for any kind of decent accuracy, uh, I put every piece of red line precision aftermarket part I could get my hands on in Canada onto this gun. The red line precision front sight. The Red Lion Precision uh, handguard, which was cool because the handguard that came with has no rails. And if you went to a different handguard, you couldn't fold it. Well, the Red Lion Precision handguard was set up in such a way that you could rotate it, unlock it, rotate it, and then still fold the gun in two. Yep. I also had the Red Lion Precision trigger in my SU-16, which made for an amazing trigger, by the way. It had an excellent trigger. But uh, the thing about the Sub-2000 that, yeah, again... Plastic, right? You got a barrel, a steel barrel mounted into something that's wrapped in plastic. You're gonna you're gonna lose some accuracy just by the inherent design flaw of wrapping metal into plastic. But um, one day I closed the bolt and the feed ramp broke in two and fell at the magwell. Yeah, that's that's not a feature as I understand it. Correct. So um, (laughs) you know the company sent me. uh, uh, sent me a new one, and um, there was another pin that I wanted to replace, and they sent me one of those, all free of charge. They sent me the diagram. They wanted me to – actually, they wanted me to send them the gun. I'm like, nope, I can do this myself. <laughs> and so, yeah, they sent me out the parts, and they sent me out the diagrams, and uh, I got it all back together myself and then got rid of it. Yep. And then we've got the RFB, which is a bullpup forward ejecting 308 magazine-fed um, – it's cool. It's got it, a rail on it, so you it, can mount an optic right away. It takes uh, M14 mags, right? Correct. Yeah. And the forward ejecting is neat. There's a, a little tube underneath the barrel, if I remember right, and uh, the empty brass 
just sort of stacks up in this tube and as it gets full it just kind of the brass just falls out the front mm-hmm. and so all your brass ends up at your feet when you're done there's just not flying off all over the place you can shoot it ambidextrously because it doesn't matter the brass isn't hitting you in the face it's going i mean that that was a neat feature i like that yep just trickles out yeah mm, filthy so. burgers Fil- what filthy uh, burgers uh, i'm on facebook filthy to making filthy burgers for the weekend clearly okay mm. So the RFB, I don't have any experience with it. I've never shot one. I've never even held one. So, Trevor, you're, you'll have to give all of your uh, impressions, if any. I can't remember if I shot it or not, but there's a guy at our club that um, that has one. So I've I've handled it. Um, he took it apart for me. And uh, uh, it, it it's a definitely a higher quality firearm than the other Caltech products that I've seen. So Well, that's cool. And they've got another one out now, too, right? The 2 to 3 version. It's I guess. Not- I stopped following Keltec, so but that's right. what I heard. They, I saw pictures. They were coming out with a, yeah, basically a, a five five six version of their bullpup. Yeah, and it's it's neat because it comes in two two sort of flavors, if you will. One is your typical plastic black kind of um, pseudo military style looking, and then they have one where it's um, st- a blued steel and wood. So it's very sort of steampunkish looking. And uh, a lot of guys really, really like that. They they kind of look at it sort of like the, you know, if if this had come out at the end of World War II kind of thing, this is what it would have looked like. So yeah, I kind of like the look of the wood one personally, but I, I don't think I'd get one just simply because it's probably overpriced because we get them up here in Canada for everything plus $400. Yeah, you know how I feel about wood on those kinds of guns. That's right. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move off of Caltech here and move into Robinson Armament. Mm. And they make uh, two cool guns. Well, they probably make more than that, but the two cool ones we're going to talk about: the XCRL and the XCRM. And Trevor, you owned one of these, didn't you? Uh, correct. I had the L. And what's cool about the L over the uh, M is um, the L has caliber conversions, so you can buy it in two two three or five five six and change it to. 7.62 by 39. You can change it to 300 blackout. And there's a 6.5 in there too, I think. Now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this, the XCRM, which comes from the factory chambered in 308, is just that, and that's all it's ever going to be. I don't Yeah, think I, that, I don't know if I can correct you because I don't know any different. Yeah, so um, the XCRL, of course, you can use Beowulf mags, LAR mags, um, if you get it in 7.62, you can use the XCR uh, pistol 7.62 mag, which is what I'm running in my NEA 39, 7.62 by 39. So with the L, you've got you know 10, 14, 15 round options depending on which magazine you choose to run in it. With the M, you're always going to be stuck with five rounds. Yep. Because we don't have any 308 pistols that I'm aware of. So the um, you had described the XCRL as extremely accurate on last week's show. I'm um, here to tell you it's not necessarily extremely accurate. It's AR accuracy at best. It does have a one in nine twist barrel, but I was never overly impressed with the uh, with the accuracy of my XCRL. Regardless of what I put through, I put everything up to seventy whatever the seventy grain. Um, 223 projectile is 69, 55, everything in between. And uh, I don't think I ever got anything under two inches. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah so. that's that. Yeah, I, I thought I remembered it being better than that, but I guess not. Mm. Uh, it has uh, cool stock features. You can get the earlier models that have a folding stock. 
and the newer models have kind of a um, a XCR or FN SCAR type stock that's collapsible, adjustable, and folding. So, but hmm. you did you did nail it. They are heavy. They're yep. better now though because they've gone key mod. Right. So, yeah, which makes it a little bit lighter. Yes, they've yep. they've taken off a whole lot of material on the sides of the gun. So now you can add rail sections as opposed to having one long piece of rail. It's got a monolithic upper, so also attributing to the weight. It's also piston-driven, which again contributes to the weight. Mm -hmm. Um, Grips are removable. comes with an A2 grip. You can go uh, with any other grip you want from Magpul or EGW or whatever. Yep. So um let's move into the next one which is the iwr tavor the tavor we both Not to be confused with, with trevor that's correct or right. treasure war <laughs> i'm making up words now <laughs> so uh probably the coolest bullpup non-restricted rifle that we can get i mean we can get a couple of bullpups you know um this one and the t97 are probably the most popular yep. of the non-restricted bullpups that we can get but uh Pricey, right? Twenty seven hundred bucks. Uh, comes with its own built in sights. Uh, the Meprolite sight that you have. Which Meprolite do you have? I have the um, I forget what it's called. I have the Mepro M twenty one. M twenty one. It's essentially M- built for the Tabor. Yep. And it co witnesses perfectly with the backup iron sights that that when folded down completely disappear within the integrated rail on the top yep. of the gun. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty badass gun. Uh, triggers are typical bullpup. Uh, any bullpup's going to have a sloppy trigger because of all the linkage to get the, uh, trigger back to the sear. Uh, but Timony is making a trigger for the, uh, Tavor. It's not cheap, but it does help clean it up a little bit. And this is an accurate gun. Yes. I have, I have, I can attest to its accuracy personally. I have shot it off the bench at 200 meters with a aim point red dot hitting clay pigeons. Yeah. Clay, yeah, clay birds yeah. off of the berm at 200 with nothing but a red dot. That's accurate. That is very accurate. Um, and I, I remember, um, oh, I forget the guy's name. One of the guys from the uh, carbine course last year, he had one. And when we were doing our zeros, he was drilling his, I mean, we were only out to 36 or 50 yards. I can't remember which one of the other. We went in 35 yards. Yeah. And he was just putting bullet hole through bullet hole. Like it was. There, there were two Tavors in our class. Yeah. I just remember I was beside one of them. So I don't remember what the other one did, but I remember the one that I was beside. I mean, mm-hmm. dude could shoot and the gun was accurate. Andy Shan had one and the gentleman from Ontario, uh, Ross. Ross. Yes. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Ross had one. Yeah. That's the guy I was beside. Mm-hmm. Anything else about the Tavor? Uh, it costs a lot of money, and I find it heavy. You find it heavy? Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't find it as heavy as my AR. I, and you know what? I don't know if it is much heavier than an AR. It's just it's balanced different. Mm. I'm used to where the weight is on my on an AR. I'm not used to having all that weight in the back. Yeah. It just feels right. funny. It feels back heavy. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a bullpup. It's, it's going to. But <laughs> I, I didn't find... Uh, the thing Very is, bulky. I didn't find that with a T97. No, because it's very bulky compared to the T97. The it T97 is, is it's, lean. It's very bulky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Manual of arms, much better on the Tavor than the T97. Correct, all, yep. All, all bullpups are going to have unusual manual of arms with regards to magazine releases and safeties, the T97 being the worst for both of them. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let's move into the Norinco non-restricted rifles and then talk about those. Yes. Yeah. We're on the T97. So the T97 is a civilian version of the Chinese military, quote-unquote, assault rifle, the Q-something. It's got a different designation. So the T97 is basically being built over there for us yep. by Norinco. Uh, this is the second time it's come into Canada. Um and the first time some converted autos came over, so they got caught at the border and got sent back. They, basically, the story goes, um, the rifle that was submitted to the RCMP for approval was not the rifle that they then started to ship. Right. You know, they got into cost-cutting measures and were just sending over converted autos as opposed to straight-up purpose-built semi-auto. And, and in some countries, that may have been just fine, but we have a specific rule that's stating right. that's not allowed here. Yeah. Converted autos are a nene. Yeah. It, it was just foolish because yeah. what is a semi-auto but a converted auto? Basically, <laughs> yeah. Right? But let's not let's not tip them off. <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. Don't tell them. Yeah, yeah. And, and to all of you guys posting memes on social media of a magazine with a pop rivet in it saying, this pop rivet is the only thing that separates me from three years in prison. Stop telling the aunties that it's that easy to unpin a magazine, would you please? Do you want Australian-style magazine capacity laws where the magazine must be permanently altered? Yeah, we get it. A pop rivet. That's it. That's all there is between you and three years, meaning that you can take it apart. Stop it. Stop telling them. There's There are <laughs> potentially politicians and aunties out there that don't know the difference between five rounds and 30 rounds is just a cheap aluminum two-cent pop rivet. Stop it. There's some things that we don't need to share with the world. There's, there's right. that. Yep. All right, yeah. go button unpressed. Right, okay, so T97 is lighter and leaner than the um, Tavor. Yep. Uh, but the manual of arms. It's terrible. Oh, it really is. And and really on top is. of that, no rail. No rail. So no. You, if you want a rail, you have to get the flat top upper for it, which is available. But well, it no. Costs no, no, no. There's a rail that you can mount to the carry handle, but then oh. your cheek weld is a chin yeah, weld. Yeah, well, that's not really an option. <laughs> well, you see it. I mean, that's what the, the Chinese military, that's what they do. They mount it to the, uh, to the carry handle. Yeah, but yes, I suppose. But yeah, that's kind of, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's the same idea as mounting an optic to the carry handle on an AR. Yeah. And that, that makes it really, really high. Yeah, ridiculous. You I mean, you have to be high. To be high. Ah! <laughs> All right. So, yeah, luckily, um, what's the Canadian company that's making this? Uh, I did not do my research. It's T97.ca. They started off making a chassis for the M305, and now they're making an aluminum upper for the T97. Now, this is a one-way modification. Meaning that it only goes one way. You That's it. You can't go if you don't like it. You're done. You can't switch back because it uh, it it you have to cut things off of your rifle to make this work. However, it's such a popular modification, Matthew, that some in a, some uh, dealers in Canada, one in particular, I can't remember who it is, so they're selling the gun with the aluminum rail on it already. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You can't. Yeah. There you can buy either or. You can buy it as it came from the factory, or you can buy it from them, already pre-modified, with the aluminum upper. Interesting. So, the T97 is all plastic, and it's a very slick plastic. It's not, there's not a lot of texture there, so it's kind of slippery. I imagine if you had something on your hands, uh, it would make the gun kind of hard to hold on to. The pistol grip, also very tiny. Maybe it's made for smaller Asian hands, I don't know. But my big Canadian mitts kind of feel like I'm holding a hot dog. It's really, really small. Um, trigger, again, typical bullpup trigger. But the worst, we keep talking about the manual of arms. The magazine release 
is all the way at the back behind the magazine. So you literally support, you hold the gun by the pistol grip and take your support hand and reach up underneath around the back of the magazine to press the magazine catch, which is on the outside of the gun. So you have to do it with your index finger, not your thumb, and essentially rip the mag out of the gun. The safety is also all the way back by your ear. Yes. And it's a full 180 degree throw, not a 90 degree throw. Yeah, that, that, that's what, I mean, I sort of get the magazine release because you have to take, put your hand back there anyway to pull the mag out because they don't drop free. Some do, but, um, some don't, depending on the GI mag. The, some steel mags and aluminum mags do. Right. But for the most part, they don't. Guys have been opening up the mag well to, so that. Oh, they okay. Do. Yeah. Well, I see, I sort of get that. But the mag, the safety, that I don't get at all. Because, why would you reach all the way back to your ear to flick the safety? Why couldn't they have just put in a simple trigger block safety right on the trigger guard like most other guns? Yeah, I know. Because it's made in China? Who knows? Yeah, maybe. So, but uh, reasonably accurate, AR-15 accuracy, or at least maybe yep. even better, depending yep. on whether you load for it or whatever. Uh, one in nine twist barrel again. Uh, flash hider, I believe, is pinned. And kind of wonky looking, not really. Yeah, I like think it. I remember reading people pulling the pin and getting it threaded, so you can yeah, change put it on, put on whatever you want there. Yeah, so so, but really lightweight, really small package. I had one in the trunk of the car for I don't even know how long, and then uh, Owen's buddy bought it from me. Yeah, um, and I, I said I would get another one someday, and I and I might, and if I do, it'll it'll have the. Uh, Flat It'll have the flat top upper for yeah. sure, yeah. Stick that back, back up in the car. That's a great trunk gun. It really is. Yeah, it's great. You know, put a, put an optic on it or yeah. scope on it or whatever, even see a red a, dot. See a coyote in a field or something, you'll actually be able to shoot it. Yeah, and yeah, because I'll yeah. have it with me. And like That's right, because you'd have it with you. Yeah. yeah so. Shut up. <laughs> All right, let's talk M305. Now we're getting into... See, Owen should be here for this one. Yeah. But yeah, he's not. Owen, Owen has uh, has taken game with his, with Iron Sights, no yes, less. He has, shot yes. at least one bear. So the M305, uh, also known as the M14 clone, so it's a cl- it's a Chinese clone of the M14, um, and they're really actually they're really good. They, they are. They're fantastic. I mean, a lot of people say they're better than the Springfields. Yeah, well, they say the steel is better yep. for some reason. Um, they are actually made with tooling bought from Springfield. Oh well, look at that. No wonder yeah. they're so good. Yeah, so when Springfield stopped making them, they sold the tooling to China. So the clone that China is making is actually not really so a clone. Yeah, it's yeah. basically they're they're yeah. So, but it's um, semi-automatic only, of course, because it's yep. the civilian version. You can get a um, ten-round magazine for it because there's a bolt-action version of the Enfield. There's an Enfield mag AIA. Yeah, yeah, Australian arms or Australian International Arms makes a, a, a 308 version of the Lee Enfield that takes the 10 round magazine, and that's completely legal to throw in your M305 because they fit. So, if you didn't know, you're welcome. Now you know. You can get 10 rounds in your M305. Yep. So, um, heavy. Yes. Yeah. Well, M305 or uh, M14s are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So. Yep. But so, uh, accurate too. Um, with mm-hmm. with just a few mods. Uh, Owen didn't go crazy with his mods. He d- he only did a few, um, and the ones that he did, he uh, is able with the correct ammo uh, or the right ammo to get less than an inch at 100 yards. That's crazy. He's shooting sub MOA with a semi-auto Chinese Norinco M305. So and is that with iron sights? No, no, that's with okay. the scope. Oh, okay, he's got a scope mount on it. Yep. Okay. Um, the um, what's the Canadian uh, calibers magazine? Did an article on the M305 and the like top five cheap mods. 
um, shimming the gas, the gas block or the gas system, um, changing the op rod. There's uh, one of the things that everybody seems to change is the op rod. Right off, I'm not sure why, but the well, uh, it makes it more accurate, apparently. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Um, there, every once in a while, a batch will come out with some issues, and one of the issues that you come across sometimes is the barrel is over rotated. So you look at the front sight, and it's actually Twi- twisted too far clockwise and so that's something that needs to be addressed and then perhaps check the head spacing and whatnot um so something to be if you can actually take an m305 off the shelf and look at it before buying it check that front sight and see if that barrel's over rotated too far clockwise yep um all right you want to grab the next one the chris vector mm. uh it's uh it's a funky looking gun it uh, it's a pistol pistol carbine thing and uh it's it's really unique in the sense that the action is set up directly in line with your trigger finger so you're actually holding sort of a handgun which is a rifle because it's a pistol pistol carbine but it's you're you're holding it behind the action and when you press the trigger the the recoil goes straight back so it's neat in that regard but it's also very ugly in that regard and not very conventional at all. But a lot of guys really like them. You can get them um, a, a bunch of different calibers, right? Nine, forty-five. What can you get them in forty as well? I I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say only in forty-five ACP. I've not heard of or seen them in other calibers. But just because I haven't doesn't mean that uh, they're not out there. Oh, okay. Are they just forty-five then? Well, when they first came out, they were just forty-five. Oh, okay. Maybe they are just forty-five then. Yeah. Okay. I thought I remembered seeing them in nine, but maybe I'm mistaken. I I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the vector. I, I I thought it was a neat concept when it came out. I just did not like the look of it aesthetically. Did not did not do anything for me, so I didn't really pay much attention to it. But uh, if you like pistol carbines and you're not terribly tied up with convention and things looking normal, then uh, that might be the gun for you. Mm. And that that's all I know about it. <laughs> I uh, you've shot one. I don't know don't. that I have. Have I? Yeah, there's a guy in your area that has both the non-restricted and the restricted versions. Oh yeah, I I do remember that. I think it, it's it's ringing a bell. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I have a terrible memory. Who are you uh, again? Uh, yeah, well, I'm just laughing because Tracy Wilson just posted a picture of her trying to pass a ball of her buck at Tim Hortons. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think she got asked to leave. Uh, yeah, so so um, yes, I do recall. That you uh, you did get to play with a uh, a vector. Um, I've handled one in a store. I think in New, in New Brunswick. I think uh, the gun dealer has one. Yeah, I, I think, remember they did. Yep, yep. Yeah, they uh, they look really silly in the non restricted version with that big long barrel. It kind of yeah, almost like with a fake can on it, but whatever. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it looked kind of silly, but it you know it keeps it non restricted. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. I don't know if I'd want one or if I would just go with like what sticks has a just right carbine in 45. Now the pistol caliber uh, carbine in a larger, like if I wanted a non-restricted pistol caliber carbine, I'd want one in 10 mil. Yeah. Let's go all the way. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I mean, you're shooting, you're shooting a pistol caliber through a rifle. Why not get the biggest pistol caliber you can get? Because clearly rifles are designed to mitigate recoil more than a handgun. So might as well go all out. Yeah. Let's load up some, some blistering fast 165 grain, 10 mil loads, and let's go shoot a bear in the face. Mm-hmm. So, 
All right. Uh, next, uh, high point. Uh, no, we're not going to. Let's no. move on. Armalite AR one eighty B. Yeah. So one of you, you last week you compared uh, for the listener where you guys were were talking about the uh, AR one eighty B compared to the XCRL for this guy. Yeah. And one of the things that I would have mentioned is uh, old, not being made anymore, and you know parts. They're, they're practically unobtainium. When they do come on the market, they're really expensive. They're overpriced because they've got the word, the, the name AR in the title, yep. and they're non-restricted. But there's so many more options out there for non-restricted black rifles in Canada. I would never touch this one. Jason Burns had one, a friend of mine, who shoot with once in a while, and he's like, no, I bought it, and I'll never get another one. He found it was very cheap and very junky. Hmm. And, um, and you were talking about that rail system. Like, they're just... They, yes, you know, yeah. The only thing they share with ARs is the mag. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, they're, no. they're semi-autos. Then that's the only, yeah, they're semi-auto 223s. And yeah. they share the AR mag. That's yeah. all it is. But And so, uh, as, and, and where are you going to get parts for it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, the next two are pretty similar. Thuron Defense and Just Right Carbine. And um, I'm not sure about Thuron, but I know the Just Right comes in multiple calibers. You can go 9 and 45 on this one. Um, I like the Just Right because it is, um, you can switch the charging handle for left side or right side, which is awesome because I always think that a right handed gun should have the charging handle on the left side so you can keep your hand on fire control and cycle the action with your left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Theron Defense. We don't see a lot of them around or, or up here. No, I really don't. I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever shot one. Have you ever shot one? I do not believe I have, no. Mm. Well, I can't really comment on that one too much, but it is a, another non-restricted uh, rifle that we have in Canada. Yep. And the, the next three that would be now, we can. We were going to talk about just this the VZ-58. But well, yeah, we might as well talk about the VZ-958 as well. Nope. Uh, oh, I was going to say, we can go back to talking about the CZ-858. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, there's that, too. CZ-858 Tactical 2 is uh, the AK wannabe lookalike, um, but unlike an AK, instead of having a stamped receiver, it's a milled receiver. It's kind of um, smaller, more lightweight than an AK. Um, the fully auto versions have actually a faster cyclic rate than the AKs, but we're, we're talking about the non-restricted versions here in Canada. Yeah. Um, they have um, five-round capacity in the standard banana clip. Uh, <laughs> Basically cut a man in half. Exactly. 7.62 by 39. I loved mine, and I got rid of it simply because I was tired of five rounds, and I was tired of corrosive ammo. Yep. But now that Canada Ammo is selling this new, newly manufactured ammo called Dominion, uh, which is lead core. Did you say metal. Dominion? Dominion. Oh, Dominion. Yeah, that's gangster for the minion. Banana. <laughs> lead core, full metal jacket, or jacketed hollow point, and non-corrosive, a thousand rounds for two hundred fifty bucks. You cannot buy nine mil for that price. Nope. You can't buy five five six for that price. Nope. You can buy a case of the. You can uh, buy twenty two for that price, just barely though. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it certainly makes the CZ eight five eight an appealing option for me once again, mm-hmm. especially that I have ten. 7.62 by 39, 10-round LAR mags. Yep. Which will fit in my AR magwell adapter. Yep. Which I so have. There you go. Yeah. So why not? Because I got to pay off a... Uh, well, that'll be a reason, a, yeah. A DVC 
limited gun first, which is yeah. I'm not going to say how much it is, but it's I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, your wife might listen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be terrible. I certainly didn't tell her how much the gun costs. No, twenty dollars, right? And ammo's free. That's a rule. That's a rule. Yeah. Yeah. So the VZ58 and the CZ858. The VZ is uh, Czech small arms VZ. Uh, I've had both the CZ858 and the VZ. Some of the CZs are older guns. Some of them were converted autos. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, huh. apparently that doesn't. So they. So Canada just made converted autos legal. Certain ones by name specifically. Yes. That's all. So that's a win. It is a win. Yep. Yeah. We'll take it. The VZ. The VZ58 uh, comes in 223 or 7.62 by 39. The CZ858 is straight up 7.62 by 39. Right. Uh, they've got the uh, faux wood furniture. It's plastic. It looks like it's injected with wood fiber chips or something. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's brutal. Beautiful is not the word, I no. don't believe. No. So, so anyway, you can get it. these rifles depending on which one you want. The CZ858 used to be 650 bucks. They, they'll go back to that. And the VZs have always been about 1000 bucks. They're not worth that much more. I mean, no. the fit finish is a little bit nicer, and they come with black furniture. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so what else can I say about them? Uh, you can – and both will take 10-round uh, LAR mags, depending on – regardless of the of the uh, caliber. Yep. The If you're going to get the magwell adapter, I recommend the CSA uh, magwell adapter, the one being made by the same company that makes the guns. There was an aftermarket one that was out before that required some fitting – and wasn't reliable. I've never had an issue with my Magwell adapter running any of my um, AR mags, with the exception of it won't run polymer mags, and that's any polymer mag. That's a Beowulf mag. That's a um, a uh, Magpul. Magpul mag. Yep. It only likes the steel mags, so it'll run LAR mags, and uh, so yay, I can put ten rounds in my VZ eight five eight, and. Now, why don't you tell us about this VZ958? All I know is that it's sort of an updated version, and it comes with rails and makes it a lot easier to mount optics to. It's sort of like the the 21st century kind of version of the gun. Again, being made for the Canadian market. Yep. Because that is a popular platform here in Canada. Um, I think it looks kind of weird right now. I don't think they did a good job on it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, you don't like it really? No, I don't find it very aesthetically pleasing. Um but that's the idea. It's this, basically the same gun, but with a rail on it. Um, and are they doing other calibers? Uh, I'm not certain. I think it's just 760 by 39 for now. Okay. And uh, is it is it officially out there yet? I don't. Again, I don't know that either. Mm. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. I don't know. I think it. I think it looks better than the other one. Really? Just. Just. Okay, maybe looks isn't the right word. I think it will be better than the other one simply because the optic option, the optic yeah. mounting option. So maybe it, it doesn't look better. I mean, I guess, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I like the look of a classic sort of AK-ish looking gun. Me too, and that's why I don't find that yeah. the 958 looks right. The lines are all wrong. Yeah. They've gotten but rid I, of... I do think it is going to be better, though, because of the option to mount optics. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know what? There are there were always options out there, but they just weren't great options. No, they weren't great options. If you, the the best option was the railed dust cover, yeah, but it was not cheap. No, All right. Uh, the thing about mounting optics to the eight five eight or the VZ or the fifty eight platform is that it has an open 
it's it, picture the bolt on an SKS. God knows most of our listeners are familiar with the SKS. <laughs> very it's an open with top. Tapco stock. Stop it. It's, yeah, imagine one with a Tapco stock. That's very important. When I showed video to Toby and Sticks of the VZ58, they were like, "That's just an SKS with a fancy stock," and I was crushed. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, it. Uh, but it has it, it's. It's striker fired, and it, it, the, the bolt opens up completely. It's a big open bolt system. It's not like an AR. It's not like a AK. No, it's going to be really hard to get a stovepipe in this thing. Yeah, but now that they've put this new top on, so what the 958 has, it has a completely new top. The front, the rear side is gone, and your open bolt is no longer open. So the dust cover is extended. It's the dust cover is extended all the way to the front of the receiver, right where the back of the rear sight used to go in one big, long piece. And uh, it's function, but it's it's not, yeah. Ugh. It's horrible looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. But so. it, makes, it makes it easier to mount optics, so. Yep, there's that. Mm-hmm. So what did we miss, folks, listeners? Let us know. What did, what, what's your favorite... Canadian non-restricted black rifle. Let us know if we missed any, if we missed one of your favorites, or if you just want to comment on something that we've already said. Uh, we love your feedback. And speaking of feedback... We did miss the HK, but there's a couple. Oh, we missed the Benelli. Yep. The Benelli and the HK. I was I was leaving the, that open for the listeners to write in and tell us, but you know. I'm a listener. No, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listener feedback. Go ahead with the first one, why don't you? From Spencer. He says, hey, guys, I was a little surprised last week when neither of you mentioned carrying a first aid kit with you when hunting. It seems to me the single most likely reason you would have to spend longer in the woods than uh, you planned would be if you were injured. Anything from a sprain or a cut all the way down to a broken bone or a gunshot wound. A basic kit with gauze, tourniquet, and coagulant, quick clot or such, would only weigh as much as an extra loaded mag and could be the difference between being able to walk or at least limp back to the truck and having to camp out, waiting for someone to come looking for you. Or at least that's, uh, or at least look for what's left after the bears eat you. <laughs> just, just kidding. It would probably be the wolves. <laughs> or worst of all, a groundhog family bent on revenge. Hey man, it happens. Nuff said, "Carry a kit." Well, I, I maybe I didn't. Well, I wasn't clear. Um, I have a first aid kit that stays in the truck, and I'm not very far from the truck when I'm hunting usually. Um, and I do also carry a, a very small, basic first aid, well, first aid kit. It's like a scrapes and cuts kit in my wallet with me. It's basically Band-Aids and, and things like that. But I do actually have a, a fully stocked first aid kit in my truck, and that's with me when I'm hunting. So I do actually have one. I'm not sure about Owen. I think he mentioned he has one, too, that he carries with him on his on his tack vest. So I think we do carry first aid kits. So I don't know. Maybe we forgot to mention it, or maybe you need to go back and listen again. And it's up to I you. Don't, I don't. I don't recall. I listened to it. I don't recall hearing anything about first aid kits. Okay. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't have one in my car, and I really should because I'm trained in first aid and CPR. And what's what's the good of uh, stopping on a scene when I don't have the tools to help? That's right. Well, you can tell people what to do. Yeah. Call nine one one. See you later. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Anyway, thank you, Spencer. And that is a good point. People should carry first aid kits when they're out hunting. They, they, I mean, really, for the weight of a first aid kit, everybody should have one fairly close by almost all the time. 
I, I just don't see why you wouldn't. It's 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 like there's the same reason why a lot of Americans carry guns because you can. I mean, why wouldn't you carry a first aid kit? You can. It doesn't take any up take up any space or hardly any weight, especially if you just cost one in the vehicle. You know, people should have these. So yeah, thank you. The wife might have one in her car. She used to have a little roadside emergency kit in the back of the Echo. Yep. That has flares and the little reflective triangle and booster cables. I don't see that in the new car, though. I must ask about that. Yeah. So, All right. Mr. Philp, Jason Philp, El Presidente of the Sporting Clays Association. He uh, he says some sporting, sta- some sporting clays stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I wrote that actually. Yeah, and I wrote after what you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Alberta Provincial Championships at Beaver Hill Sporting Clays in Tofield, Alberta. All 89 shooters were very happy to see the rain hold off, since all weather forecasts were predicting much wetter a much wetter outcome. The targets were fantastic, and I heard more than one shooter comment that they were the best targets they had ever seen, um, the best targets they'd ever seen Beaver Hill set. The double teal from two different machines was something many said they had never seen done before. Never been done before! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks once again to Sherry and Daryl Weatherby for hosting such a successful event. Many shooters attending this venue for the first time said they looked forward to returning for future events. Congratulations to Stu Carter, who took high overall, beating out beating out six of the top ten ranked shooters in the country for the honor. Wow, that is saying something. Yep, that's cool. Also, congrats to Martin Usher, whose score helped him reach the 80% milestone. After the scores were all entered, nine shooters moved up in class, and no one moved down. And I don't know what any of that means. No, but, but people who fantastic. shoot sporting clays probably know. Exactly. Yeah, it sounds like it was a great event and uh, people had a lot of fun. So that's fantastic. I mean, sporting clays is something we've always talked about that we would like to try, but I've just never had the chance. There's nowhere around here. I mean, I know there is in Fredericton, but Fredericton's, you know, four hours from me. So, you know. Here's, you know, I'm a little surprised. Alberta, it's the Alberta Provincial Championships and they only had 89 shooters. Yeah. I would, expect, I would expect bigger from that province. I would think so, too. Maybe it's just because it's sporting clays, and it's just not the, the most popular uh, sport in the world. Didn't, didn't want to go there. but it's too uh, late. There, and back again. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you would like to send us an email to uh, berate, chastise, or correct us, you can do so by sending it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now with 100% more sporting clay coverage. That's it. Right there. Yeah. yeah. Do we have an iTunes review? We do not. All right, then. We, we do have an extra rating. Somebody did give us another five-star review. They didn't actually write anything, but no. there is there's an extra, you know, we're up to 83, I think, or something now in the Canadian feed. So thank and you to whoever that was. No more uh, fingers or thumbs this no, week? No, no fingers or thumbs this week. Uh, fingers don't count. We, we did establish that last week. Uh, I mean, technically, we're up to five thumbs and a finger, but we're not counting fingers. It's just thumbs. Okay, so we, we, go, are, we, we do discriminate slightly here. Only against um, Dirk fingers. McGirt. Yeah, yeah, and Dirt McGirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so thumbs only, please, folks. So, so yeah. So uh, a couple of shoutouts. You know, it's been a long time since I've been on the show. When I've got a shoutout for Kelly, that dates back to just after the charity shoot. Yeah, yeah. That that's a long, long time. Yeah. Well, to Kelly be fair, wrote- you put on a SummerSlam. So. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly that. wrote us a nice letter. 
um, thanking uh, us and the club for the work that went into hosting the charity shoot. And she sent us some lovely apple seeds, apple seed stickers that are kicking around here somewhere for, for the three of us. And then Stacy, aka the uh, Princess of Appleseed or Appleseed Princess, um, and probably the guys at uh, the Arm Squirrels Project, they sent us, and I'm pretty sure this was all Stacy, they sent us an amazing little care package with three custom slings. Nice. One says um, the warning shot. That would be me. Yeah. One says the warrior, and yours is, they're embroidered, and yours has a, a, a reticle out of a scope on there. Cool. And one says the warrior, and the other one says the frilatte. And um, so three slings suitable for apple seed. Nice. Three chamber flags. So you never hear, whose rifle is this? <laughs> From E-squared. That was my E-squared impression. That, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah you have yeah, E-squared knows how to do it. Okay. And um, some more stickers. And um, so that's awesome. So, like, basically it's a instant apple seed in a box just add a 22 nice and, and get out there yeah so thank you so much to everyone who helped make that special gift possible because those slings are awesome yep and um my sling um filthy got me a replica sling for my grand well it's coming off and i'm going to put this on my grand for now <laughs> nice yeah i'd love to shoot an apple seed with my grand oh that would be cool it's loud yeah. but cool I'd have to figure out how to load the uh, end block clips to the right amount for yep. certain. Yeah. Yep. And uh, to Jason Philp, thanks for sending me some uh, shotgun reloading information, man. That was very cool. So I'll let you know when I get that press up and running and pumping up some uh, some shotgun loads. Very nice. So, um, and to the listeners, if you uh, like this show, I'm not sure why you would, but if you do, actually, if the listeners want to check out real pro gun podcasts that don't suck. Head on over to the crusaderpodcastnetwork.com where you can find excellent content, pro-gun content from both sides of the border. Join one or all of our firearms associations. It's important to support them because they are doing their best to support you. And check us out on Gun Owners of Canada because uh, it's it's better than CGN. <laughs> and like us on Facebook. We're at 1,257 likes and five thumbs up and counting and that's as of today yep so until next week everybody i am the frilatte i am the warning shot and, and uh, no one's not here to finish off that uh he ruins it again way to go on way to ruin the ending way to go oh Man. he's always so, a ruiner what a ruiner um take somebody hug, shooting yeah i was gonna say hug a person and take a gun shooting there you go yeah that's it yeah all right yeah. Goodbye! So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.